Hi, this is Anna Jadi with Dear Anne, and this is a Walk With Me series. This is where we walk in the footsteps of Jesus. This is where we challenge ourselves to make our lives align with what Jesus would want. And today we're talking about who's wearing the label. What label are you wearing? And we will look at it as usual through the Bible. And today we're looking at it from Jabez, the story of Jabez. And that story is recorded in First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9. Before you get to verse 9, he would have talked to you about who, that long list of who gave birth to who, whose mother is who, and all of that. And then when they get to him, they tell us, they make sure to tell us that he was more honorable than his brethren. But his mother called him child of sorrow. This is my mind working now. I guess she had a very bad pregnancy. Maybe times were rough. Maybe things were bad when he was still in the womb. Such that when he came out and she called his name child of sorrow, there was no one around that could object. Is it possible that the label you are wearing has no bearing with what God called you? Because what God called Jabez was a honorable man. Yet everybody called him child of sorrow. So everywhere he went, every time they said Jabez, Jabez, they are saying child of sorrow. Or oh, maybe like in our parlance, we say any tongue. So when they call any tongue, the, f- the thing that goes through the mind of who is calling you is what is the story behind your life? Is your life that way? In the case of um, Jabez, he was a honorable man. That is God's. That was God's design for him. Why would anybody allow that to happen? To call someone by some label that has no bearing with their destiny whatsoever? I don't know. But I do know that it is possible for you or I, to go through life, people call us all kinds of things. I know that personally, I went through life being called a snob just because I actually am introverted. And because I didn't really think it, I needed to explain myself to anybody. So I kept quiet and whatever. And, you know, I had the stance of I didn't really care what you thought. I know who I am and all of that. So, folks along my path thought I was a snob, thought I was arrogant, thought all kinds of things that had nothing to do with me, my person. So, (laughs) you can guess why I would be interested in the story of Jabez. Because he went through life. Until he got to the point where the Bible says he went to God. And his prayer is what informs what is interesting to me or what you know caught my attention is the fact that he said oh you know when you go to the place of prayer and all you have is a sound you're saying a whole lot more than words could have expressed at that point 
And Japheth said, oh, that you will bless me indeed. In other words, I know you have blessed me. I know that I have a good life. I know that things are working, but there is a level of blessing that will make people change their minds about the labels that they have chosen to attach to your person. I don't know how you are going through life. Is it possible that you are going through life with a label that has nothing to do with you? In my family, when you had a child and you presented a child to my father, he would call the child, this one would be a doctor, this one would be an engineer, and this one would be whatever he called that child. Fast forward to that child's future was what the child became. But suppose your own does not work out that way, like Jabez's own did not work out that way. They were calling him child of sorrow and it got to a point where he decided that he had had enough. He wanted his destiny changed. Do you know that God is the rewriter of history? I don't care what label you are carrying now. They may say you are useless, you are good for nothing or whatever. Know this. Go to God like Jabez this. Ask for a change of name, ask for a change of story. No matter what they have called you, if you don't like it, you can change it. That's what the Bible says. We have a precedence in the Bible. If you don't like how your life is going, you can go to God. He is the rewriter of history. He can rewrite your story. And no matter who is the authority figure in your life, know that themselves have an authority over them. So if what they are doing to you does not please you, does not go with what you have in your heart, you can go to the head of all principalities and powers, all authority. You can go to Jesus and Jesus will change your story. My dear friend, as you go through life today, I ask you, I ask you, what label are you wearing is it the one that god gave you or is it the one that man gave you check if you don't like it go to god he will change it for you today he changed other people's names he will change your own have a good day bye hello this is Anne ajadi with dear Anne. And this is the Walk With Me series. My dear friend, how are you doing? No, seriously, how are you doing? Have you fallen off the wagon yet? You stopped following Christ? Even if you have, I think you should retrace your steps. Today, let's talk about when angels come to town. In Genesis 18, Abraham, the father of faith, received some visitors. He entertained them and found out they were angels. In Judges chapter 13, an angel visited a man and his wife. The angels did not come empty. They left a blessing for the woman of the house. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are not angels ministering spirits? sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. You know, I've always wondered at what point does a scale tilt in man's favor? I mean, what makes heaven respond to man's need 
Why would you need an angelic visitation? What qualifies a man for a kiss from heaven? And when, what do you do when an angel is your visitor? Would you even recognize the angel? The truth is, I don't know anybody that has the answer to all these questions that I'm asking. But I do know that people have been visited by angels. People have had encounters with angels. And angels are still running errands for God even today. Today, let's look at two scenarios. Abraham in Genesis 12, he had to get out of his country. He had to follow directions. God has said, get out of your country. I'll show you where, where I will take you, where I'll give you an inheritance. Hmm. Think about it. You hear a strange voice. Or let us even imagine that you're used to hearing that voice. But today the voice came and said, I'm going to take you somewhere. And you're like, where? said somewhere what you will find is they never really tell you where you are heading they never tell you the, uh, the where what, what the process will be they just because they need you to trust they need you to trust them our first take today is to get a visitation to hear a voice from heaven to have an encounter with god Take some gods. Abraham did have gods. Then we get to Genesis 15. God was talking to Abraham. He said, don't be afraid. He encouraged him not to give in. Assured him that there was still a promise. Ah, when they promise you something at 75, and you are counting the years, counting the days, and you know time is time is running against you. You'll be afraid, or you have some doubt. Abraham had concerns, but God encouraged him along the way. In Genesis 16, he gave in to pressure. That's our cue to know that the fact that God was the one who told you to do something does not mean it to be an easy, easy journey for you. It's usually not an easy, busy thing. Whatever God is asking you to do will take God, will take faith, will take you to trust God. You would have moments where you would second guess yourself, where you would doubt whether you are really supposed to be on this line. So don't beat yourself too much. The people who went before you had doubts too. And then God reassures Abraham. And Abraham picks himself up and starts again. Then in Genesis 18, heaven decided to step into time. The promise, this famous promise that God promised Abraham since he was 75. Let's say, let's say now, Abraham is 99 or 98 plus, And then this promise surfaces again. Hmm. If you were in Abraham's shoes, what would you have done? There's another story in the Bible. Samson's parents. 
They understood spiritual matters. They knew to pray when they needed clarification and God answered. They knew to worship. They understood the angel's instructions because they were instructed. The woman of the house got an instruction. And then the man of the house needed clarification. My dear, does your life as it is running right now, does it need a visitor from heaven? Will an angelic visit sort it out for you? You know the good news is that God sends out angels on a daily basis. They are the ones you see and you call helpers of destiny. They are the ones you see you call good Samaritans. They are the ones you see and you call them kind strangers. Bible says that we should take care of strangers, welcome strangers, because men by so doing have entertained angels without realizing that they are entertaining angels. What's my point? My point is that when you live your life, your daily life, live expecting that heaven will send a message to you. You don't know who is going to be the bearer of that good news. Mary was doing her own thing when the angel visited. Zacharias was burning incense. He was doing his duty when the angel visited. The truth is you don't know when an angel will visit you. So how about you leave expecting a visitation from heaven? It can come in any form. Just know that angels still visits man. And the word says angels are ministering spirits. They answer to God. They don't answer to you, so don't bother calling angels. You can call God. God will send you an angel. So don't bother calling angel, Michael, angel, whatever. They do not take orders from you. They take orders from God. That's what Psalm 103 said. It says, they, are, they take orders from God, not from you. So don't follow them that are praying for, to some angel to come and rescue them or something. No, God is the one that dispatches them. Bible says in some other places, angels are reapers. They do not answer you.